He's got connections. From actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. And every week, Andy Hall's bringing them to you on the Laser Airwaves. This week in Andy's Hall Pass. Hey, it's Sam from Chevelle. How are you? Hey, Sam. How you doing, buddy? Uh, fantastic. Everything's cool. I am thrilled to have you back on the show and talking Chevelle again, man. Oh, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Neurotius is the band's ninth studio album, and before we even get into the title, the process, I know there's a lot to uncover there. First impression for a guy that was raised in the era of vinyl is always the cover art for me. I did a little digging, and I found out the gentleman that created the visual is the same gentleman that created those iconic National Lampoon's Vacation promo pieces. Yeah, cra- crazy, huh? Uh, Boris Vallejo, and uh, he's, uh, he's, his stuff's crazy. Lots of dragons and, and naked butts with tails. <laughs> so it's that, it's that style. If you're into that, this is the place to be. Well, I figured you'd be in Chicago, guys. I'd be shocked if you told me you didn't grow up watching the Griswolds. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's from, uh, yeah, it's just down the street from us. Oh no! Kidding. Like which one? The Christmas House or which one? Yeah, I mean all of the, all of the, all that stuff is local. Um, you know, when they're, they're cutting down the tree, that's just in Wisconsin. That's just on the other side of the border for us. That's like twenty minutes away. Oh, that's crazy! Um, you know, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but the Chicagoland area has a really rich history in film, especially for guys our age. Whether it be the Griswolds or the McAllisters in Home Alone, Jake and Elwood Blues, uh, Ferris Bueller, oh, yeah. High Fidelity. I mean, having grown up within reasonable driving distance from so many familiar landmarks had to have been pretty cool for a couple of guys that were obviously born with artistic ability. Yeah, you know, the Ferris uh, in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the, Cam- the Cameron House came up for sale a couple years ago, and I looked at it. Like can can I do this? <laughs> no way, really. <laughs> I yeah, but I couldn't do it. It was beyond me, and uh, it was it was in disarray as well. So it would have been more money than I had, and also I would have had to live in a beat up, pretty beat up house. So I always tell friends the story of that one time that you guys came to Des Moines. And we have this really cool classic car th- uh, museum just around the corner from the radio station called American yeah. Dream Machines. And I swear you told me at one point that you guys were, like, so close to buying a Chevelle while you were here. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've gone there every time because <laughs> you can walk there. Um, yeah, that guy has really cool, clean stuff there. Uh, I mean, my brother and I, we it's kind of a hobby of ours, shopping for cars and trading things around and everything. But... Um, yeah, it's it's a cool place. I mean, what else are you gonna do? I mean, we are not really into sports and things like that, so our hobby's more wheels and that kind of stuff. For sure. Tell me about the truck that's in the self destructor video. That's pretty badass. Yeah, that's our uh, old school truck. It was sat in Arizona for many years behind a barn, and then um, a company called the Roadster Shop bought it, and they did um, basically a, an autocross build on it, and so it looks like an old truck with you know, rusty old truck and everything, but the motor and the chassis and the wiring and the interior, all that stuff's been redone. So it drives better than many modern trucks. <laughs> so you guys actually own that truck? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Oh, that, that's even cooler. <laughs> yeah, well, we did it in that video, too. We didn't want to use that truck because it didn't feel like it really felt. And that, so we so we borrowed, a, um, if I remember right, I'm trying to remember what year, it was like a 70. 473 Cadillac four door, this huge, huge car, and it broke down the the day before we were supposed to, and we couldn't get it fixed, so we had to use the truck instead. And it kind of turned out better, I think, because people thought it was cooler. 
Well, gearheads like myself certainly took notice. I wouldn't mind having something like that in my arsenal, that's for sure. <laughs> Let's uh, dive into Neradius. Nothing is real, and this is a simulation. Uh, another potential rabbit hole that we could explore, because I'll share with you, I'm absolutely fascinated, Sam, by the simulation theory, especially in light of the events of the past year and all the chaos. I don't know if there'd be a comfort level in knowing that none of this is real, but it sure would explain some things, don't you think? Well, it's a, you know, it tastes like a steak, right? You know, yeah. what uh, you know what's funny is that in doing a little research, I, I found some evidence that they that uh, people have been talking about this being a simulation since the 1600s. So it's been something that it's not new. Uh, yeah, I mean, it seems to be much more likely that this is that it, this is a simulation. It just would make more sense, but doesn't matter we still got to pay our taxes right well yeah so i suppose this the stake is still the stake the taxes are still the taxes and yeah. a, apparently death is real i don't know but uh <laughs> yeah soylent green is people right I, yes i tell you sam it's interesting you say that it goes back that far i didn't realize that because if that's the case then why is it still sort of looked at as kind of a conspiracy thing it's not quite QAnon, but it's up there right right uh, i mean i don't know I guess it, it's it's weird how people are like it's so easy for everyone to believe in God and heaven and hell and all that, but some other things are just impossible to believe. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's all whatever we're, we're prepared for. It's easy if you grow up with it, I guess. Well, you guys with your and and I don't know if this is specific more to Pete than to you, or if you guys are both into sort of uh, extraterrestrial things and and unidentified flying objects. But don't you find it fascinating that the federal government has finally like come out and officially exclaimed, "Yes, UFOs are real." It's it's uh, uh, <laughs> it's amazing. My understanding is that they had to to release that stuff. Is that true? Well, I think so. I mean, but the funny thing is, is with all of the other stuff going on in the world over the past year, most of us can't be bothered with this information. <laughs> you know? Well, it, it did come out at a time when we're pretty preoccupied with the election and a thousand other things, right? Yes, exactly. It, it is a great time for them to release some really bad news. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I just, again, for me, it's not even so much a fear-based thing, although I could see how that could create some panic at some point. But for me, it's just more a, it's more fascination than anything else. And I guess that's just coming from it, uh, from a, like a scientific angle. And I, I guess, you know, maybe I was meant to be some sort of a, a scientist rather than this whole radio bit I'm doing. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> well, the smartest minds in the world have said that if we are visited by aliens, it's for sure to be conquered. Well. So... That's what we do. I mean, we've conquered every single thing. I mean, throughout all of history, every single culture has conquered whatever they, you know, wherever they live. They just took it over. Yeah. Nobody, nobody walked into like a really cool, awesome place and was like, "Hey, this is amazing. Good for you guys." <laughs> right. You know, we're going to send people here on vacation. No way. They're like, we're just going to murder everybody and take over. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I hate to laugh because you're so right. In the, in the history of man, there's been yeah. so much of that that we should be ashamed of. But it's just at this point, and you we know, we are we are ashamed. And I, I mean, maybe if it's an alien civilization, they're way beyond all of that. Could be, 
you know? Could be. Know. It's an okay. interesting... Hate to go down the rabbit hole. Like I said, we got got things to talk about here. The process of writing and recording this album, for example, began long before anyone knew what COVID-19 was. You basically had those two elements finished by about this time last year, didn't you? We did, yeah. A lot of it was finished. We finished the rest of it in March of 2020, right as COVID was beginning. Yeah. Uh, that was the last three songs were being recorded, and then we mixed all of it after that. So... Um, yeah, we just we postponed writing and recordings and stuff because we wanted to go and do that long, nice long summer tour in 2019. So we did that, and uh, you know, recording ends up really it's quite tedious. So it ends up being about dinner. So what are you going to have for dinner? You're going to have Indian. You're going to go and is it pizza? Is it Italian? Like, and that really becomes a big deal. And the whole process of dinner. That's one of my favorite things about that. The whole thing is because you just it's. it's two weeks, four weeks, six weeks of trying new food. <laughs> mm. I should be bigger than I am, but yeah, whatever. That's Port control, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, and I don't know, you do most of your recording in California now, don't you? Yeah. The last, this was the fourth record we did with Joe Barisi, yeah. our producer. Um, we did it at a place called Jayhawk, which is actually his studio. And it's this fantastically discreet, crappy building in Pasadena. Sorry, Joe. It's nice. It's a bit crappy. He likes that it's crappy. <laughs> On the outside, it's crappy. There's no windows, nothing. And uh, it's, but it's a, a legend. So uh, we spent a lot of time there. No shortage sure. of great places to eat around there either. That's another thing. I mean, you're from Chicago no. where there's, you know, you can get hot dogs or, a, you know, Al's beef um, or a, a really good deep dish pizza. That's kind of what yeah. Chicago's known for. But, you know, you go out to California and you get all kinds of interesting stuff. Yeah. And I, I never in my life as a, as a musician expected that I would spend as much time in Pasadena as I did. And I know my way around there really well from having living there for months at a time, four different times. And you just, it's just one of those weird things that just happens. You're like, you look back at it and you're like, oh, when I was uh, 17 years old, I was working in a factory and they sent me to Hartford, Connecticut. <laughs> and I've always made, I always maintained that map in my head because I was there that many years ago. It's the same thing with Pasadena. Why do you know your way around Pasadena? <laughs> I just do, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, it's easy to get lost out on the left coast. That's for sure. I've Boy, the one time I went out there, Sam, uh, I tried to find my way around. This is before navigation on smartphones and whatnot. So, I mean, I'm literally, you know, pulling out the rolled out maps and stuff. And uh, it's it's a little confusing, a little bit daunting. It's pretty big. <laughs> so, Oh, dude, I, I'm so bad with directions that I can actually decide where I am and then go the opposite way that I think is right oh. and, ha- and have it be right. That's oh. how bad I am with directions. <laughs> yeah. The, the satellite's GPS has saved my butt yes. completely. Yes, yes. Yeah, I've read interviews Pete has given in which he talks about the difficulty of writing this batch of songs. Add on top of that the frustration of having to shelve the release as long as you have, and then the uncertainty of what's next in terms of getting out and actually playing these songs in front of an audience. I'm hoping this question doesn't come off as callous or crass in any way, but do you feel like you and or your brother are getting something out of your system now that Neradius is released? I mean, that's completely right, because you spend this all this time writing, and then by the time you're done writing, you have it, then you're learning all the music, going back and relearning it, and, and then you, you're demoing it, and then you're recording it all, and then it comes out, and then after that, you're supposed to go on tour. 
So you have to, it takes all those things in order for an album to really come to fruition. And so now that it's out, we're just hoping that we're able to do some shows and play some of the, play some of those songs, which would be amazing. Um, I mean, look, we've, like anybody, you know, we're just getting through it, whatever is it with our family or whatever we have to do to get through all of this stuff. Um, some people are better off than others. And I mean, we, we lost our jobs completely. All of our friends lost their jobs because most of our friends are in production and things like that. So we're just weathering the storm and uh, I'm glad that we can helping the people that we can help to get through it and trying not to, to concentrate on anything too negative. I, I'm, I'm being positive and my life is positive. I've got a family, a little kids I can concentrate on while I'm home and all that stuff and supportive wife and blah, blah, blah. Yakety schmack. And pulling my hair out like most people. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I've got three of my own at home. And I will say, you know, the, the silver lining to all of this is I couldn't possibly trade all the extra time that I've been able to spend, even if it is pulling hair out, the proverbial hair, Sam, because I don't have any on top of my head. But, um, you know, being able to spend that time that I wouldn't have normally because I would have been so busy in other places like a workplace or like out and about like we do in radio. Um, right. It takes me away from that dynamic. And so having spent more time there because of this, I guess if there is a silver lining, that's it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Yeah. Good man. Sam Leffler is my special guest. Chevelle's ninth studio album, Neradius, is available now. And going back to what I said about album artwork earlier, another fine art that I think is getting lost in the digital age is the sequencing of albums and the work that goes into how one song flows into another, whether there's a larger concept to the collective or not. Neradius actually features several cool vignettes, I guess I'd call them, that aid in the transition I'm talking about. Yeah, we call them same thing or palette cleansers or whatever whatever you want to call it but it's really just about transitioning from whatever it is that that song is whether it's heavy or lighter or whatever and it seems to be working so i mean i think there's still uh, there's 13 tracks on it and i think 11 of them are songs and there's two little pieces one of them being a poem so it's not like a ton of it's not a ton of crazy mm -hmm. still put a, a full album there but you just really want it to flow, like you said, and I think it does. And we put a lot of time into that sequencing and stuff. So, tell me yeah. about the uh, decision to lead off the album with an instrumental. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, well, we hadn't done that since our very first album, Point Number One. Yes, and yeah, we were working on this song, and um, Pete actually has a full set of lyrics written to it, which maybe someday we'll we'll release that release that too. But we went back and just kind of added a couple of pieces, and we thought this would be really cool in the middle of a set, a live set, to just bang through this song and lead it into something. It just gives him a little bit of chance to run around the stage because he spends so much time in front of the microphone singing. And so that was that was one of the, the kind of basis behind it. But it is a rock song, so and we didn't make it seven minutes long either, so it doesn't get too boring when you don't have a melody that kicks in. Sure. No, I thought it was solid. I thought it was a great way to kick off the album. And no matter right. if you do throw it in the middle of a set or even, you know, to start the set, you guys could, it'd be kind of a nice little warm up, really. It would. I, I mean, we'll see. That, that may happen. Yeah. Having survived over 20 years in this business is an impressive feat for any band, let alone one that uses the word family as more than just a metaphor for the relationship between members. Sam, what do you enjoy most about sharing this experience with Pete? Well, Pete and I have been best friends since we were 
pretty pretty young. I was probably 12 or 13. He was 11 or 12, somewhere around like that, when we actually kind of started really hanging out. Before that, you're just kind of that typical little brother situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so we, we share a lot of interests, too. That helps a lot. Um, I mean, I think that makes all the difference. Man, I, I'll tell you what. I think the secret to any band, their longevity is just not breaking up. Just keeping and, it going. Yeah, but living in living in a bus, living in it's a very stressful life, which most jobs are, but it's stressful being together that compact for that long. And that's I think that's why you have these these bands that have been around forever that can't stand each other, right? They can't be around each other. I mean, think about um the band Oasis who has a just a legendary hate hate those two brothers have a legendary hate for each other. Yeah. <laughs> And it's amazing and funny and everything, but it's sad too because they can't do their thing because they hate each other. And it's so true that how many, I mean, we tour with tons of bands that hate each other and they just get in the bus and they do it just because it's their job, but they hate each other. So there's nothing really good coming from it in the future. I don't know what the secret to that is, man. (laughs) Honestly, I don't know, but stay together for as long as you can and hopefully you can keep writing good music, but it is difficult man it is worse than a marriage like harder than a marriage and i know because i've been married for um almost 13 years i think and the the relationships on the road can be it's just can just rub you sideways well i think the world's a better place the fact that uh, pete and sam are still working together and still writing new music and still putting out new music i'm glad you guys finally get neuradius out to the uh, masses here it's a great listen all the way through listen sam i mean i'm i'm still like i mentioned earlier i'm from the vinyl era i enjoy listening to albums i enjoy the experience you know what i mean front to back oh, so yeah. um the fact that you guys have done an album here whether you want to i mean i won't get into the whole conceptual thing with you that's a larger conversation but like i just think the way it flows really works out really well and i think it's a i think it's a fantastic fantastic listen if you're a Chevelle fan you're gonna love it yeah we're I mean we're just writing music that we want to play every day so it's connected we've got it's been like a hundred percent positive which is great even though I don't read the comments <laughs> I, I don't want to kill myself no no it's all right just keep your eye on the active rock radio chart and and let me know how you feel here in the next week or so fantastic i am going to do that <laughs> okay man <laughs> it was great talking to you sam thanks so much for taking the time i always love having you on the show and, and when you come back to the morning look forward to catching up with you at some point absolutely yeah and thanks so much for supporting us and, and playing the music and all that yeah we're looking forward to it can't not wait to get back on the road sooner than later we hope fingers crossed agreed All right, Sam. Have a great day, buddy. Okay, you too. Thanks so much.